Good morning and welcome to today's episode. Today we're going to tackle the question, do you need sales experience to be successful in business? Well, first off, what is sales experience? It's just a past history of having customer-facing activities and interactions. So uh, that's prospecting, looking for folks to talk to who might need your product or your service. It means you have a history of uh, building relationships, uh, solving problems for clients, uh, presentation, closing deals, trying to anticipate what customers need, handle objections. That's when people come up with reasons for why they can't go out, um, go along with the deal right now. Those sorts of things. So these and many more are what most people mean when they say um, sales experience. Of course, if you're looking for a um, a job in sales, let's say maybe like tech sales, because you have lots of Nigerian entrepreneurs who are uh, starting companies now, apps, things like that. So they're looking for salespeople. Um, yeah, I guess for those kinds of things, you're uh, straight out of luck. You either have the experience or you don't. But for the rest of us who are not looking to be employed by anyone per se, but we're trying to get our own businesses up and running, do we need sales experience? Now, in a sense, yes, um, sales experience is necessary for building a business. Uh, but then what about people who are totally green and totally brand new? So if you've been a wedding photographer like me before, and then you're now making a go of another business career, uh, then it's a lot easier because you have had um, a history of what it's like to look for customers to talk to, to try and build relationships, to try and solve problems for them, to try and make presentations, to try and close the deal, collect your deposit, collect your balance, handle angry customers, uh, handle customer service issues, uh, what else? Um, anticipate their needs, you know, those sorts of things. So if you're one of those types of folks, then there's no problem. You already have some experience to build on. So it's going to make the uh, job of starting off in this business a whole lot easier. But if you're totally green and you're totally brand new, um, it's not a good idea to practice on paying customers. Because when you have paying customers, when you're practicing on paying customers, the errors are costly. Uh, you give off a negative brand impression whenever you don't handle things well. Let's say customer service issues. And that's something I faced when I was a wedding photographer. When I started off in wedding photography, I remember dealing with a bride and groom. Well, I didn't have any problem with the bride. But I had a problem with the groom's attitude. And um, how should I put this? And I didn't take it lightly that the like the dude was uh, trying to take a piss. And so I, I let him have it. And... Um, yeah, let me just put it that way. I let him have it, basically. And while I did satisfy my sense of self, that I wouldn't let anyone take me for a ride, my business partner at the time uh, pointed out that, um, yeah, if things got ugly, the other guy would have been hurt because I definitely can't handle myself. But then again, we're in an office environment, uh, you know, raise voices, things like that. Like, the blowback was not worth the hassle that... I created in trying to deal with the situation. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. Um, negative brand impression, uh, that's costly. And, of course, that hampers opportunities for getting repeat business and getting um, referrals. Um, for that guy in particular, yes, we tried to smooth things over uh, with him. And he did make one or two inquiries later on for um, automobile um, photography because uh, I think he got into the car dealership space and he wanted me and my partner to take pictures of... Um, 
some of his uh, merchandise that didn't work out too well but anyway um, of course you guys already know how that relationship panned out um, nothing good ever came from that it was burned and it was um, totally burnt so when you're practicing on your customers and you don't know uh, your left from your right when it comes to sales uh, customer service marketing these sorts of things errors can be very uh, costly so the solution is role-playing or having discussions with folks who have more experience uh, than you and also sales training so let me repeat the solution number one you should be having role-playing sessions then you should also be discussing with folks who have more experience than you and then the sales training so back to the wedding photographer example or back to the architect example that we've been going with for the last uh, five six episodes you should be doing role-playing sessions with other people other architects and of course, having architect uh, conversations with them that uh, when you meet a customer for the first time, what do you say? How do you handle yourself? What do you think is the best place to have the meeting? Should I be going to their house? Should I have them come over to my own office? Should we meet on neutral grounds? Is it okay to meet at Sheraton Hotel, Hilton Hotel? Or should we meet at a share office um, space, co-working locations? You know, all those kinds of questions. You should be having these kinds of discussions people who have more experience in your field and then of course there is sales training so role playing is just um, simulating um, regular sales scenarios you guys get together come up with a pretend script uh, or pretend challenges that you guys already have so back to the wedding photographer example there's the challenge of um, you know uh, typically in that space uh, there's some people who work on a hundred percent basis but then there's some people who collect um a deposit you know like 60 percent 70 percent up front and after you deliver uh there's a 30 percent so role-playing um simulations in this case could be you and other photographers get together and then you guys brainstorm okay you be the nasty client who has paid 70 percent but now you don't want to collect uh you don't want to pay the 30 percent because you're unhappy with photo retouching uh yeah photo retouching uh well let's see what else or you think the frames are too small so how do we handle the situation and that's essentially what role playing is or you're talking to other wedding photographers people who have more experience than you um you say okay in the beginning um you know how do we handle clients so yes we meet at the bridal fair but after that does it make sense for them to come to my own house or should i go to their own house the pre-wedding shoot um is it okay to handle pre-wedding shoot um okay let me not uh, go on too much i think i've already given enough examples of what role playing uh, would entail so yeah mock scenarios how do you handle client meetings how do you deal with objections how do you make your presentations and blah 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 now fortunately there are some other there are some industries in nigeria at least where um these sorts of things are already institutionalized where the profession makes this thing a regular um sort of thing uh for instance in old school public relations firms in nigeria i can't speak about the new school uh, pr firms because my mom is a retired public relations um, exec and she, uh, executive and she was in marketing communications uh the last job she held okay well she was with troika holdings for a while uh some of the portfolio companies that they have and eventually she finished off as um gosh i can't remember what she finished off as i can't remember the exact rule but it was one of one of the um telecommunications companies in nigeria so 
uh, where was I? Okay, yeah. So since you know hanging around with her, you know, you leave school, you go to the office, um, you get to meet uh, other people like that, you start getting a sense of how some industries uh, roll. So for those of you who spend a lot of time hanging out with um, your parents, like I used to hang out with my father when I was much younger. He was a professional journalist, so sometimes hang out in the studio uh, or just. You know, little schoolboy sitting in a chair while they're handling the meeting, soaking up things. So you get to learn about a bunch of stuff. So, um, where was I? Okay, yeah, so old school PR firms in Nigeria, they have this thing where the younger associates, I can't remember what they're called, because I think technically speaking, associates are people who are still employees, but they're responsible for bringing in some sales, and so uh, they are on a profit share. So instead of just receiving their salary, they also receive a commission on the amount of business that they bring in. But uh, So I can't remember what the term is for the younger people who are employees uh, but who don't have any responsibility for bringing in clients. So those people give presentations from time to time in front of the associates and then people critique them and say, okay, it's good that you handle this, but next time uh, you know, you're supposed to be in front of clients. You say things this way, you do things like this, you do things like that. So if you're in one of those industries... Um, like uh, public relations, I think architecture uh, also have these um, sorts of things. Uh, let's see, what else? Okay, well, that's all I can think of for now, PR and architecture. So if you're in those industries in Nigeria and these things are already institutionalized, then luckily you're going to be able to get the um, experience that you need from role-playing and all these mock scenarios uh, before you um, step out uh, on your own. Then, of course, there's regular conversations with more experienced people, just like I said, whether you're the architect or the wedding photographer. Um, you have conversations um, from time to time around handling uh, challenging customers. Like I remember uh, conversations that I had around um, brides who wanted uh, more retouching, especially since I didn't like or handle retouching. Uh, let's see, what else? And then other routine business challenges um, that, um, routine business challenges that uh, come up. So the benefits of role-playing and discussions with more um, experienced practitioners in your field, the the benefits of that are that, well, first off, you're not going to be surprised when challenges come up with live customers. So before you start off your architectural practice or your wedding photography practice, if you've been talking to older people, then the first time you meet somebody who says, you know what, I paid you 80%, but I'm not going to pay you 20%, you might be upset, but it's not a total surprise and you have some sort of sense of what to do to deal with the situation because you've already discussed it a couple of times with other people who are much more experienced. And then, of course, when you meet a customer, a potential customer for the first time at a bridal fair, you're not stumped when you guys finish the meeting and then the next step is you want to have another meeting so you can discuss um, proposals and packages and things like that you're not stumped you have a framework or an easy um, reference system in your mind to say that okay we're done with this step so the next step is meet at their house and do blah 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 or uh, meeting at their house or my house might not be professional so meet at co-working space to discuss you know so 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 and so bottom line is you have some sort of um What's that thing called? Yeah, framework. You have a playbook that you can work with, and so you're not going to be taking uh, taken unawares. You have a sense of what to do, and this makes you confident about how to handle yourself when you're out in the field um, with live clients. And of course, the confidence um, uh, it exudes. Uh, people see how confident you are. Like, oh, this is a very confident young man or a very confident young woman, and it helps people think that you are much more competent and are much more capable. 
So uh, role playing overall, it makes you more effective in handling client relations, negotiations, presentations, and uh, those sorts of things. Now, um, if we're going to be able to get all these benefits from role playing and discussing with clients, then why is sales training important? The reason why it is is because it gives you a much more professional, much more systemic, and uh, sorry, not systemic, uh, systematic. Yeah, a much more systematic and a coherent point of view of how to interact with potential customers and clients, because you find that when you talk to um, all these uh, people, your much more experienced colleagues, <clears throat> like uh, the associates in your architectural firm, or your senior managers in your PR firm or uh, the wedding photographer as well have more experience uh, than you. Maybe they've been in the fields, you know, three years, five years. You find that everybody has tips and tricks that work in some situations, don't work in other situations. And that's because it's not a wholesome theory of how to handle customer interactions from the beginning to the end. Because you'll find that if you're dealing with a competent um, sales uh, trainer or sales consultant, then, <clears throat> so excuse me, there is an overarching framework and theory about how to look for the customer, how to start the conversation, how to handle that conversation, how to build the relationship, how to find out what it is that they need, make an effective presentation, close the sale, make sure that they're happy, and then bring people in for, um, have them come back for repeat business, and then bring other people for uh, referrals. So. Since it's a wholesome um, systematic theory, you find that you are not usually stumped about what to do next because you know what all the moving parts are and how they fit together. And so what you don't have is a collection of tips and tricks, but you have a philosophy that guides you through and you find that you are not, um, uh, you're not at a loss. So uh, let's see, what, ex what example can I give here? Okay, so there are tips and tricks around um, closing, for instance. Okay, yes, closing. So you have lots of wedding photographers. I don't know about now, since I'm no longer in the field. But uh, back in the day, you'd have lots of wedding photographers who would say you should be um, use assumptional language when dealing with potential clients. So you're using statements that show that you're assuming that you're going to get the deal so um, you would say things like, um, okay, on your wedding day, this is how we're going to handle blah, blah, blah. Or you would say, when we start working together, um, this is what we're going to do. Um, yeah, so that kind of language, not ifs or maybes, but you would say, when we start working together, or this is how we are going to handle. So lots of we language, you know, things like that. So language that... Um, already assumes that you are the wedding photographer and that you have got the gig. And that's a good one um, to do. But unfortunately, it's not all scenarios, it's not with all clients, and it's not in all contexts that will make sense to use um, assumptive language. Uh, I think they're called assumptive clauses. Yes, assumptive clauses. So it's not good to use assumptive clauses and assumptive language because sometimes it might make you come across as, um, uh, what's that word? when you are uh, presumptuous, yeah, may make you come across as presumptuous. But the thing is, if you're a newbie and you've spoken to five wedding photographers, each of them between three to five years experience, and out of five of them, four of them told you use assumptive language, and then you're going on using assumptive languages and assumptive clauses all through, it'll work sometimes, and sometimes you get yourself into a heap of trouble because you come across as a presumptive brat. 
But if you go through sales training, on the other hand, you're going to be able to figure out that, okay, assumptive language, assumptive closes, and assumptive philosophy is good. But these are situations where it works. These are situations where it doesn't work. These are the other kind of uh, scenarios or contexts and approaches that you can uh, try depending upon the um, sales situation or the um, business context. You get taken through all these things so that you start the conversation, you might start leaning into your assumptive language and assumptive closes, but then you remember that, oh, okay, we're dealing with ABC and XYZ, this is not going to work, this is a different kind of client, or their personality is uh, like this, or this is what the expectations are, so it's now time to try um, it's now time to try something else. It's now time to stop the um, assumptive stuff, but then to try and use a much more challenger style, for instance, where you are much more, um, what's the word? I won't say abrupt, where you're much more um, assertive. Yeah, where you're much more <clears throat> assertive with the client, challenging their assumptions, leading them through certain things that they don't understand. And that has a knockoff effect of um, showing that you're the professional, you know what's up, and they should let you um, handle the reins on this one. So that is just an example. So talking to people who have more experience, uh, that's good, but you're just learning tips and tricks. You're not learning how everything fits together, what the whole sum framework is, and you're not going to know how to be able to switch from one mode of thinking to another kind of business philosophy. And um, yeah, so those are the benefits of um, sales training, essentially. So what's an easy way to start with sales training? It's quite easy. Start with whatever it is that you are comfortable with because uh, in the beginning, you don't know enough to sort out the good from the bad so it's enough to start with where you're comfortable and keep on studying the books the podcasts keep on having more conversations and eventually you find one that works for your industry your personality style the kind of customers that you work with and you start getting a sense of a personalized framework that you can roll with and you'll be able to start seeking out training that works with that but in the meantime if you don't have that there's something that I'm coming up with and is rolling out on the 27th of March. This is going to be a sales clinic and it's a personalized sales coaching that's going to be available over WhatsApp. So if you're interested, um, contact me. Other folks have found me in the past, like um, Ugona that I mentioned in, I think, two podcast episodes ago. We're currently working on some stuff for her and her crew. So um yeah so reach out if you're interested sales clinic personalized sales coaching and uh, we'll get some more details there so uh yeah that's it for today thanks for your time and attention i'll catch you guys at the next episode and as we get ready to roll out the um, sales clinic on the 27th of march uh, more details will be coming along um, on the podcast looking forward to having those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while Looking forward to meeting some of you guys um, face-to-face or over the phone and um, trying to help you guys sort out what your business challenges are. So thanks for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next podcast recording.